Blog Talk Radio. Hello and a good afternoon to you. Welcome to my friends out there in New Zealand and Australia, to my Maori brothers and sisters. Welcome. I appreciate those of you that tune in as we have this wonderful show called The Lion. For those of you just joining us for the first time, The Lion was originally Inside Out. It's been on kind of this podcast for about eight years, and so I'm excited about my next guest, Sarah. She's guest number 551 here on this journey of kind of exposing and bringing forth all the the wonderful things that are in each one of us and also talking about things that we might not want to talk about and getting to the depths and the rawness of what and who we are. And sometimes that conversation can be both exciting and dangerous and revolting for people, but it does not matter to me because the show is called The Lion and we are here to roar and we are here to roar as ourselves. And as we are roaring on this planet together, we are also roaring inside and moving through some stuff. So I try to bring on, whether it is a group of people, whether it is a guest, individuals, people that are, that are doing dynamic work on this planet, both inside themselves and bringing that outside. And those that are on the outer plane, also working with groups of people in a way of shifting us and helping us and facilitating and birthing all of us as as many of us are going through right now. And hopefully... It's a dialogue that you can tune into and enjoy and maybe learn something or maybe not, maybe turn it off. It doesn't really matter. <laughs> but I'm your host, David Matthew Brown. If you want to read anything that I've written, you can go to Amazon.com or Barnes & Noble and you can just Google my name, David Matthew Brown. There will be two books, The Book of Light, The Heart Opening, and 90 Days of Heat, Freedom Through Moksha, which is based on my 100 straight days of hot yoga on the mat and what I learned about myself and who I am and how I moved through some stuff that was very difficult and kind of my dark night of the soul stuff. So all my business aside, I'm excited about my next guest, uh, Sarah Sophia, who I have the opportunity every day to, on my news feed for Facebook, see her glorious messages. And I mean, they are spot on and perfect and always resonating with me. And for that, I was just had to reach out and bring her on the show so uh, many of you can hear what she's about and maybe follow her on Facebook or Twitter or wherever she's at, and we'll talk about that in the interview. But Sarah is Berkeley-educated writer, energy healer, and devoted wife and mother of two children. She is a leading teacher in media, and her work on these topics has attracted a large devoted following among those seeking support in their spiritual growth. And empowerment. She is also a powerful advocate for embracing natural ageless beauty and runs a popular Facebook group inspiring women to journey more deeply into authenticity and self love. So, without further ado, I want to welcome to the Lion, Sarah. Sarah, welcome. Thank you so much. Excited to be here. Well, I'm excited to have you on the show. And what I want to talk about first is your writing and your work is. is what I just read about, it's very authentic and very raw, deep, and what I love is your voice because your voice is both kind of has that sense of roar and also that sense of meow in it, and just your language is amazing. What brought you to the path that you're on? As a writer or as a human being? Or just as you, just as a human being, like what brought you to this path? 
Um, I think I have always been on this path. I, I, I was born quite aware of um, making the choice to be in this body at this time and having this particular incarnation. And as many of us have had, I had a lot of trials and trauma in my childhood. I had a very unusual and difficult upbringing that just created capacity in me. That's the only way I can express it. Just created a huge capacity in me for understanding and love. And since I kind of had this like bird's eye view that I was in this lifetime for some special reason, I didn't know what it was and I couldn't have put words to it, but I've always kind of had this meta consciousness that I'm here to live certain things in order to hold a space, integrate those things in order to hold a space, not just for myself, but for my world. And um, it started with my family. My family had... There was a lot of emotional distress, a lot of brokenness, what I'll call soul loss, you know, just uh, trauma in the lineage. And um, so I learned to be a healer to heal my lineage, essentially, and um, was very was very guided by um, supernatural forces, if you want to call them that, spirit forces, just constantly receiving signs and affirmations along the way. Not always knowing what to make of them, but just always knowing that there was something really magical and special about this lifetime and feeling a sense of like purpose, deep, deep, deep purpose um, in holding that space for other people as well as myself. So that's a short answer. (laughs) Good answer. (laughs) So when you talk about energy work, is there a certain style of energy work that you are attracted to? Is there certain like different modalities that you, that you kind of bring into fray? I mean, what yeah, definitely. I I come from um, two parents who were both diagnosed as mentally ill. They had different diagnoses, but they were both diagnosed as mentally ill. And I, again, from an early age, I saw it from a different vantage point, and I recognized um, soul fracture. You know, I'm going to call it soul mm. fracture, soul loss. I, I again, I couldn't have a vocabulary for it at that time. And then I myself right. uh, experienced the same thing, just the shattering of my soul through trauma. And so I knew that there were these pieces of myself. I could feel them, you know, just um, certain pieces were in shadow, certain pieces that had, that had receded into the background for protection, for their own protection, certain pieces that had stepped forward to be the brave one to uh, absorb the trauma. So there, were, there was a sense in me of being a mosaic, not just one singular person called Sarah, but a mosaic of selves, if you will. And that wasn't always well integrated in me. There were times when that felt very broken and very dissonant. And so I was on the hunt for what modality would be able to address what I was internally experiencing and what I felt my my family also to be experiencing. Um, Mm. And I actually, I went to Berkeley. I studied neuroscience. I wanted to learn every single thing about um, trauma on a cellular level. So I studied, you know, post-traumatic stress disorder and dissociative identity disorder and schizophrenia. I studied all of this from a molecular standpoint, as well as just say um, neuro- neuroscientific chemical standpoint, like what's actually going on in the brain. And I found, mm. you know, a lot of answers there, but it wasn't totally satisfying to my uh, desire to heal myself and to have a full understanding. So I continued on that path. And in 2000, I think it was 2005, I met uh, a shaman who 
you know, my friend introduced me to her. I've met this amazing woman. She's a shaman. I said, what, 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 what's a shaman? And I was completely riveted. I had no idea what it was that she did. But from the moment I heard of her, I was entranced with the modality of shamanism because it, you know, I started to learn more and say about soul retrieval and um, this other worldview of trauma and uh, the soul's journey. And um, it made so much sense to me that I just wanted to learn everything. And it felt like I was already practicing shamanism. I was just doing it in a different way. Uh, I would have called it something else. I was mostly doing that through dance. So through my body, I was receiving wisdom and I was uh, inviting my, my soul parts back home and I was integrating the vessel that I am and I was doing all that work, which is basically shamanic in nature, from an embodied standpoint, but I didn't really know what to call it. So 2005, um, I started apprenticing as a shaman and got very engrossed in that. Just I felt like I had come home. It was just a really neat feeling. And then... Um, Shortly after that, I started practicing uh, Reiki, and I got my Reiki um, master certificate and went through that process um, so that I could also do the hands-on work. And I felt like my expertise as far as what I do for other people is a combination of those two elements. Um, It's presence-based, like Reiki. It's it's journey and and narrative-based, like shamanism. So... My writing is kind of a hybrid of those things, I would say. Mm. Mm. When you t- when you speak about embodiment, I re- I really enjoy your your sharing about the the feminine, about the sh- the sacred feminine. So, can you talk to our listeners a little bit for them those that are new to this in some way? And there are many people that obviously have been doing their own work, but can you talk about what that means to the embodiment of the sacred feminine? Yes, that is such a good question and a big question. Um, And I feel like I'm living that question every day of my life right now, really intensely. So a big part of it has been, um, I would say that our, our world has been structured. Our worldviews have been structured um, in the West, in terms of duality, most of the normative religions function on the basis of good versus evil, light versus darkness, heaven versus earth, spirit versus body, and even masculine versus feminine. So rather than seeing these things as a figure eight of complementarity, there's often right. a line put down the middle. So now it's a competition rather than a complement. Mm. And the feminine... As I understand the feminine, it's about it's about earthiness, it's about bodiliness, it's about um, the conception space and the transformation space. So if you think of the womb, the womb is a dark, it's the most creative space on earth, and it's this dark, mysterious, deep place, um, and it's it's a space of form coming from formlessness more or less you know something being birthed and born and and also when something finally meets its end and dies and is again reborn to me that that moment of death and rebirth is also the feminine it has to do with the feminine so she has a lot to do with um the darkness 
and the shadow um, and, and learning to understand, again, the shadow as holy and that right. we are light and dark integrated. It's not an either or. Um, we are both. And the figure eight that is life itself is both light and darkness. So it's taking the darkness out of shame because darkness at some point got labeled as sin. It got labeled as um, something mm. wrong, something to shun, something to control, something to possess. So it's taking the darkness out of shame and out of control and letting it be itself and flow as it flows. So honoring death processes again, you know, honoring mystery, um, all of this in our own being and how that, how I am personally embodying that has to do with taking the layers. I'm like decolonizing my own body layer by layer, (laughs) you know, um, Beautiful. Layers yeah. of layers of shame that have been placed on the female body, layers of control that have been placed, and they're so subtle, and it's been going on for so long that it's almost impossible to even detect it until it's time for it to be released, you know. And it always surprises me, like, whoa, that's in there too, and this is um, layer upon layer of remembering who the goddess is through my own body, my own being. It's pretty amazing. Yeah, and in so it, in that amazement, as you just mentioned, the, the remembering of the goddess. So as as men, there's very there's more men starting to get curious about their bigger selves or what is actually unfolding, right? So what exactly is that goddess for you? What is the goddess for me? The goddess is the center of, it's all that we cannot know. It's all that we can't control. And um, it's the center of, like if you think about the temple, like I have in my mind an archetypal temple, it's what's at the very, very center of the temple, the sacred womb space that is, is the place where God becomes form on earth it is like yeah. the meeting point between heaven and earth the juncture it's it's the space of divine union it's where a divine union happens um so in her in the temple that she is divine union occurs which is of course a marriage of masculine and feminine so for men it's equally important to understand and honor the feminine because in her he finds divine union and together they activate one another. And it is that beautiful figure eight that I mentioned earlier of flow of energy between the two. Um, So to me, that's, I don't know if that answers the question, but that's, that's how I understand. What what came up when you were bringing it up, which is, which is curious is that here we are taught with the unknown. We're always taught to know. Right, and so when you're mm-hmm. talking about the unknown, it's funny because that's always been uh, put in the mind as something that is fear. So to not know something is to have fear. And listening to you, if I in my space can be in that unknown space and be comfortable in that unknown space, it's an embrace of the feminine. Is, is that what is that yes. what you're, you're speaking about? Yes. And so yes. it's to, letting so yourself it's, lose yeah. control. There yeah. you go. 
Yeah. Yes, yes, yeah, because the mind has had a chokehold on the life force itself. The ego or the mind, whatever you want to call it, has had such a need for control that it's choking life. It's like got a stranglehold on it. As opposed to just saying, oh, I can relax into this. Yeah, I'm going to die. I'm going to live. I'm going to die. I might die. I might die in the next five minutes. I might die right here on this, during this radio show, you know. I don't know. It's, so, not, uh, it's so not for me. No. It's okay. Yeah. It's to- that's the thing. Yeah. It's totally okay. And once we actually recognize that it's totally okay and give in to the okayness of it fully, that it really does become okay. It's only by believing that it isn't okay that we make it not okay. Right. Mm. It's beautiful. I've never heard it. I've never heard it spoken that way. And something resonates with the way in which you are bringing it forward. It, you know, we've been, as you brought up, there's a lot of different religions and different whatever that have really, a lot of people are moving through. So when, as someone begins to embrace that feminine within them, that unknown, that wildness, what have you noticed in your life that has happened for you by embracing that feminine? Um, it totally, like, screws with people, <laughs> for one thing. I mean, I mean, in a really nice way. Like, I don't, you know, there's no judgment in that for me, but it it really challenges. It challenges me. It challenges that mental part of ourselves that's trying so so desperately to keep control, and it's white-knuckling right. reality. Um, you just have to be prepared on this journey to you know, lose, in quotes, some relationships, have other new ones appear, to be reborn every single day, to be asked to take it farther than you ever thought you would have to take it, (laughs) and then some, and to know that it's all okay. I definitely, um, you know, have, I have definitely had a lot of misconceptions come my way as in regards to what I am doing, um, a lot of fear projected, and I I got the call in 2014. I couldn't be not goddess anymore. I just I couldn't hold back that wildness that was in me. It was like a torrent. It was an ocean exploding forth from me, and wow. um, and it was hard for me because I wanted to keep control and I wanted to be that good wife, mother, you know, successful, whatever, whatever, soccer mom, I don't know, whatever uh, <laughs> ideas I had at the time. I don't know. I'm just soccer throwing that mom. out there. Like, whatever ideas I had at the time of what I was, quote, supposed to be, I really wanted to be that. I thought it was a dutiful thing on my part to be a certain type of wife, to be a certain type of mother. And to be honest with you, I haven't had to sacrifice any of that. Like, I'm only more loving than ever before. I'm a better wife. I'm a better mother. But I had to um, challenge a lot of preconceptions that other people around me had of what good looks like in a woman, you know, what a woman, quote, should and shouldn't be. Um, There's a lot of, there's layers upon layers of just imposed false beliefs um, placed upon the feminine. And I kind of had, I'm still wading through layers of that. But my body itself is rewilding. Like, I hold my body differently. It's very much on the cellular level, even. Um, 
right. I walk differently. I've got I had to go back, back in and kind of reposture my body and learn where I was holding, where I wasn't letting wow. energy circulate. Uh, all is has gone very very deep, and all of that is part of becoming sovereign. Sovereign's a big word to me. Um, what does it mean for remembering, you? Remembering what it is, who is she when she dances only for herself? That is the question. Wow. That comes again and again. And mm. who is she? And when she remembers her full divinity, and it's not predicated upon somebody else's idea of right or wrong, you know, and who is her body for? Who's her body for? Think about it, like a woman's body. Right. Who? It, what is this body when it doesn't have somebody else's desire or expectations mapped on it? But it's just right. free. What does that even look like? I'm, I'm still exploring that question. And it's a really fascinating one. It goes on and on. Yeah. Wow. Hmm. So has that... So with the embrace of the feminine, have you noticed a shift with your husband? Oh, huge. Yes. So a couple of years ago, 2014, as I mentioned, that's kind of when I was always on this path, but it really accelerated. It blew up. In fact, it didn't just accelerate. <laughs> it exploded <laughs> in 2014. And my husband and I had already been married for um, 15 years. We're well into our marriage. We had two kids already. We had certain ideas of who the other was supposed to be and we were confining each other and um it wasn't going to go anymore and my husband had um some basic like normative like gender role ideas of you know the woman does this and the man is the breadwinner and that you know just the stuff that it's like unconscious you don't even necessarily right. know that all that is yeah. operating in your relationship and um you know i was to some extent expected to be in the house and there were just sets of expectations that um I needed to just kind of move on from so I told my husband that and he just thought I was going crazy and he needed mental help or something he's like we'll get you in therapy and um (laughs) at the end of the day it it went where it was going to go it wasn't not going to happen like this expansion was going to happen so it did and he was very challenged, and we had a really rocky patch in our relationship. And I was like, are we going to make this turn together? Like, are we going to do this together? You know, and I, I really wanted that to be the case because we are super in love. Like, love's never been an issue in this relationship. Um, and he did, and he was totally reborn also. And he was reborn into this, like, beautiful sacred masculine like God being that I'm just like still completely in awe of how he shifted. He shifted because I shifted. It was just unbelievable. (laughs) How beautiful. It really is. And I am so in admiration. Like I want everyone to know what the sacred masculine looks like and how amazingly powerful and good it feels for a man to stand in his power and remember, you know what I mean? As much as I'm passionate about the, the feminine feeling too, it's like I want everyone on earth to know this and just feel how right it is and how, how easy it actually is. When yeah. he lets her be her full self, she holds the space for him to blossom, and that's exactly what happens, and it's just incredible. 
Wow. Sarah, how can uh, people that are listening follow you and get a hold of you? And, of course, you probably have a book coming out sometime. But how can they get a hold of you on social media and follow your, your amazing work? Um, right now, I'm just I am blogging mostly on Facebook, and you can follow me on my personal Facebook page, which is Sarah Sophia Eisenman. I also have a professional Facebook page, which I reserve more for my article writing and more um, right. some other offerings like videos and things like that. So just come on, you know, push the like button on either Sarah Sophia Eisenman um, the professional page or follow me on um, my personal page, and I'm as you know prolifically blogging on a daily basis sharing openly like displaying my heart for as whoever wants to see it <laughs> no i that's what i love about you i mean that's what i love about your writing and your work and your i i enjoy what i read because most of the time if not 95 percent of the time I, I read what you're writing i resonate with it in some way and as a you know, I'm a single dad raising raising a daughter, and I, like we had talked about before the show, you know, I I coach girls and women's soccer, so I'm constantly around the feminine. And so, when I read some of your stuff, I'm not surprised that when I go back out into the field, for example, that something else someone's talking about, and I go, oh, you know what, <laughs> you know what, like, I just read this thing. This might help. But, so thank you, thank you for all your sharing. But before I let you go, I do want to ask you one question. If yes. you, at five years old, your five-year-old self was to walk into the room where you are now, what would you tell her? I would probably tell her you're a priestess, and she would be like, what does that even mean? Which I tell my daughter that. <laughs> At eight, I tell her, you you know, you are a priestess. And she said, what does that mean? I, I'm anchoring her in a different feminine upbringing than yes. I think has really taken place, at least in the West, for probably a few thousand years. Like, I hearken back to Delphi circa, you know, Delphi, Greece, probably around 2000 B.C. That's my, that's my reference point. <laughs> right. So I want to raise my daughter in that ancient, you know, priestess feminine tradition. And um and that's probably where I would start with myself too. Like a reparent me. <laughs> well I love it and I love your work and I love everything that you're about and I really do hope that the listeners had as good a time as I did and that they go to your Facebook account. I'm sure you'll get some stuff throughout the week. Uh feel free those of you that are listening to to take this if you just tuned in and you can it'll be in the archives within the next five minutes when the show's over so you can download the show and listen to it. Sarah, it's a pleasure having you on the show. I'd love to have you back and I'd love to have you back with your books out as well. Oh, thank you. I'm really excited about that. So let's be in touch and I would love to come back again. Awesome. Well, Sarah, have a blessed day. Enjoy the sunlight. <laughs> okay, you do the same and cut that daughter of your site. <laughs> I will. Good job. Thank you. Thank you so much. All right. Absolutely. Bye bye. That was Sarah Sophia Eisenman joining us here on Lion Radio. I'm your host, David Matthew Brown. In a couple of weeks, we'll be joined by Glendies Morales, and she'll be talking about her 
healing journey in her life as well. So we look forward to that. Until then, thank you for tuning in to The Lion, where we are roaring for the good on the planet. And I know that if you are going through whatever you're going through right now, that you are accepted and loved and it is okay. And right where you are is okay. All is well. So continue to be you, continue to express you, continue to be that king or queen or priestess or priest or emperor or empress, but just be you. You matter on this. So goodbye for now. Enjoy your Sunday and peace and many blessings to each and every one of you.